0: Long night so far, Massachusetts public hearing just ended, and we figured uh, we'd get together and, uh, and give all the listeners uh, a rundown of what we thought from the meeting, I'm joined by our executive director, Willie Goldsmith.
1: That was a long hearing, Tony. Uh, we, heard a, we heard a lot of thoughts, uh, a lot of passion, and uh, just a lot. A lot, a lot went on over the last two and a half hours. And I think, man, I think there are about 135 people on this one. It's a lot of, a lot of folks joining in on the uh, Massachusetts webinar. So, uh, people had a lot to say.
0: I'll tell you what, uh, I've, I've listened in on everyone so far and I got to give kudos to Emily Frankie, uh, the, the fisheries man management plan coordinator for striped bass, because, uh, she has to give that presentation every night. Frankly, she has to listen to people like us. God love her. It takes it. I tell you what, it takes a special.
1: That, that's what you call a thankless it takes, job. It takes right a there. special
0: person. So kudos to you, ma'am. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't know how you do it, but uh, but thank God there's people like you who can. So uh, so Willie, I mean, let's jump right into it. You know, we we were texting each other feverishly. Um, there were a couple of standouts that, that did an incredible job. Um, I think you're one of them, Patrick Cassidy, one of our members from, uh, from up in mass and, uh, and, and Peter Fallon just killed it. Uh, he, he, he finished up everyone and, uh, and man is, uh, is that, a, is that an eloquent captain, um, from Gillies? And yeah, it really Guides is. It was.
1: Yeah, it was uh it was great to hear him kind of put a bow around things in a you know in a way that I think pretty well encapsulated um you know the importance that the Massachusetts you know the Massachusetts uh element of of the striped bass board has here, you know, that vote is uh is a really critical one. I think you know we know that some states are going to be voting, you know, in favor of striped bass conservation like through and through and they've indicated that. We know other states are are not going to be states we're going to get to, uh, to, to see things our way. But I think Massachusetts is a real opportunity. And I think Peter articulated that really well. And Tony, I think it's probably worth just kind of summarizing what we heard tonight. You know, I mean, I think with, I think exactly one exception uh, of the 20 odd comments we heard tonight, you know, everybody said Stripe bass are in trouble. And everybody said, we need to do something and we need to do it yesterday to get the stock back on track. It was pretty incredible to hear kind of that that near universal uh, clamoring for change.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, you don't really need a weatherman to tell you which way the wind's blowing. And if you striper fish and you think it's okay, you uh, you haven't been striper fishing for very long. And, um, you know, it's it's after meetings like this where... you're almost in a state of confusion because when you, when you do what me and Willie and John and our board and, and all our great volunteers do and try and educate people and try and get them to participate in the process, it's a pretty awesome thing. When you log onto a webinar and you see 130 people on just for one state, I mean, let's be real, you know, families, kids, jobs, struggling through this pandemic and to take the time because you care about a fish and listen to an hour and a half long presentation is pretty awesome um and that's about it that's about as uh man i'm looking for something good to say um and that's about as good as i can do uh i I don't want everyone to know what i'm like deep down on the inside so i'll uh i'll let willie comment now but uh But it's it's encouraging to see so many people care. Um, Yeah.
1: It's definitely encouraging to hear so many people care and so many people who want to see change. I think in all of our feverish texting back and forth, as we do all day, every day, Tony, uh, I think the one thing that we were a little bit frustrated by was, you know, one, one thing that we've been frustrated with for sure, and I think both Patrick Cassidy and Dave Peros articulated this well, is we've got this amendment process unfurling as we're dealing with a stock that's at a 25 year low. And should we really be considering all of these other aspects of striped bass management more than the stocks in such a bad, bad condition. And we understand that we understand that frustration and, and know that there's a, you know, there's a real need to act here. And this amendment maybe is not particularly well-timed in that regard. That being said, we also know that the board voted last August to move ahead with this amendment and we've got 10 issues on the table. And those 10 issues are the ones that are going to be considered for potential inclusion in the amendment. And those are the 10 issues that we really need to comment on. So during the hearing tonight, we heard a lot of passion and we heard a lot of frustration and we heard some ideas. Um, but we also didn't get a whole lot of concrete information or concrete input on those 10 issues and, and kind of information that, that Mike Armstrong and, and, and the Stripe Bass board in general, uh, can use to to you know to move ahead with the uh with the amendment. I don't know if, if you kind of share that impression, Tony. It's certainly, you know, there was a lot of a lot of discussion, but not really a lot of discussion that was focused on the PID. And it's great. Again, it's awesome to see all that passion. But I think it's difficult to kind of Oh my God, that it passion- passion. I can't take it. I can't take it anymore.
0: I can't take it anymore. Willie, what? do me a favor. Yeah. Ask me what my favorite color is and give me three choices. And I'm gonna I'm gonna show the listeners what happened tonight? Ask me. Ask me my favorite color. <laughs> ask me what my favorite color is and give me three choices.
1: Tony, is your favorite color red, yellow, or blue? Polka
0: dot. Ask me again. <laughs> ask me again. Purple, green,
1: or orange? Fuchsia.
0: Fuchsia with blonde highlights.
1: All so right, that's I think, what we I, heard. I, I, think, I think I see where you're yeah, going.
0: That's what we heard. We have an incredibly complicated public information document that's gonna shape the amendment. It's gonna say what's in the amendment and and then what's on the once something's in the amendment, we're hosed, right? Because that's where it's gonna be, and we're gonna to have to either fight for it or against it. And now's the time to remove the bad things from the amendment. So there's nine options on the table. There's nine things to discuss, there's nine things to address. And we heard an awful lot of comments that did not say, this is how I feel about option one. This is how I feel about option two. Here's here's how I feel about option eight. I don't feel like commenting on all nine. And we didn't hear a lot of that. And, and what are the expectations of the people who are counting the comments and counting the votes? They have a, they have a piece of paper in front of them and they make tick notes on each comment. This person's for this, this person's for that. And then they add them up in a reasonable manner and they share that documentation with the stripe ass management board. So if you're not addressing the options, you're not doing a lot, and we want you to be effective. We want we want you to articulate and and what your heart's telling you, and and for it to actually count.
1: I I think Tony, what you're saying, you know, maybe another way to say it is, we want to make it as easy as possible for Emily, who's the striped right, bass fishery management plan coordinator, and for members of the board. To understand kind of how our priorities and what we view as the real needs of this fishery translate into what's being put on the table right now in, in the proposed, you know, in, in the public information document. And I think tonight, again, we heard all these great, you know, we, we, we heard all of these folks who really saw an issue with the fishery and wanted change. But I think in terms of how that's going to translate into the conversation when it comes to, you know, converting the public information document into the draft amendment, that's a little bit of a squishier topic. And I think... Again, all the energy was there tonight to to move the needle in that direction, but we're not quite sure if that really happened.
0: Oh, you know, um, one of the comments that we continually hear on this is that you want to fish around for your kids and grandkids. Well, guess what? So do we. That's actually probably why we collectively the, the board all of us the officers fight on this stuff every day for this stuff every day because we we want our kids and grandkids to have a choice to maybe be able to do what we do to experience the same things that we experienced but you know what that's the passion that drives us it doesn't really fall into this document anywhere it's basically look like you're filling out I think pretend like you're filling out a government form you know and and you just have to you have to go down the form and, and put the information in. And you know we we've, we've we've tried super hard to distill that information honestly, put it up on our website, do all sorts of stuff. And and we know that there's not another fish that people are more passionate about than striped bass. But to be effective in all of this, and and I, and this is coming from a very passionate person who speaks from the heart ninety nine percent of the time. To be effective at this though you have to give them answers to the questions that they're asking we have another week of hearings and you know hopefully a couple of folks will listen to this and they'll kind of hear our message because that's why we're doing this you know we're, we're not doing it to chastise anyone be critical of anyone we get it we're the same type of type of people we understand we're trying to help strikers and, and the best way to do that is to be an effective advocate. And, and frankly, none of us at this point even care what your position is. Just educate yourself and speak from the heart, but address it in the option, the nine option format. And that way your voice is heard. Hey listeners, we're extremely invested in building the guideposts as a platform for productive discussion around fisheries management. could use your help. If you could give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify, that'd be greatly appreciated. We have to continue to build this army of engaged stakeholders, tight lines.
1: All right. So we've talked kind of about, you know, our big picture impressions, right? Tony, we've talked about how there wasn't a whole lot of meat on the bones tonight in terms of the the specific issues that are in the PID. Uh, There were a couple of specific things that came up, uh, that I know you have some strong opinions on. So, so let's kind of take them one by one. Uh, the first one was a bunch of people. Uh, Mainly toward the end of the of the hearing tonight, we're calling for a 10 year moratorium on striped bass, a striped bass harvest, uh, making it only a catch and release fishery for 10 years. What do you think of that, Tony? I
0: think their I think their heart's in the right place, and I think that they want to do the best thing for striped bass. Uh, I I think I think the position takes away from the real issues, and ultimately it's going to end up hurting striped bass it would because it would be great if you know look willie we talk to people all the time from all walks of life and and some of our members participate you know as as private wreck anglers charter boat anglers commercial anglers all the same person and uh you know he he's he without saying cast the first stone and we got a we got a lot of stuff to clean up in our house before you start you know basically saying the only people who can participate in the fishery are catch and release fishermen and this is coming from a guy who hasn't killed a striped bass on purpose in probably 10 years i, I don't think they're great to eat and and i've seen the i've seen the best of it and I, and i've seen i've seen some pretty lean times and uh, and i couldn't bring myself to kill them cuz i love this stupid fish so I, i'm i'm that's that's my own personal beliefs and that's that's what i do you know that's what i teach my son but i'm not gonna there's gonna be a pretty damn good reason for me to say that somebody else can't make their living on the water um so i just i just think i think there's a lot of issues to address with striped bass population the recreational anglers at large did this to the population and uh and and to place the blame on somebody else and say you can only fish one way for stripe ass and that's you catch and release it, it really divides the community when we should be coming together. And I don't I don't think I don't think it because of that division and the stereotypes and everything that go along with it. I don't I don't think it's a real positive step forward for the future of stripe ass right now. Uh, I I think it detracts from the conversation it makes people hate each other who, who are actually saying the same thing and want to get along. And, uh, and I know their hearts in the right place and I'm not, uh, I know, I know they are good men and women that believe in this. Um, I'm not taking any shots personally. Uh, I know, I, I know their hearts in the right place.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's well said, Tony. And I, I agree with you. I think, you know, again, we, we talk with all sorts of different people and everybody, you know, I think, it's unfortunate that this is kind of the the catalyst for it, but the current state of striped bass has brought a lot of people together who are not often together on all sorts of issues. You know, we've heard near universal agreement from folks that are saying there are they're just not a bunch, not a lot of stripers around. We got to do something. Uh,
0: Willie, we look. I won't name. we we've, we've talked, we've talked to guys who are extremely well respected commercial anglers on the coast. And almost all of them have said, "Just shut it down it's 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 no good anymore let's do something we you know we can't even make a living on it anymore. A lot of them have said that to us, but when you come out with this position that's really it's not winnable it's not a position it's just a statement and then you turn all those people off and we've had those conversations in the last sixty days, yep in the last 60 days, trying to bring people together,
1: you know, saying something to kind of have it on the record is one thing, but saying something to really make a change is another thing. Right. So, you know, we hear, we, we, we hear this, we hear discussions around the moratorium and we understand, again, there's a, you know, we've seen a stock in decline over the last 10 years and, and we're at a 25 year low. We're not anywhere near where we were in the eighties when a moratorium really, really was needed, you know? And I think, but there was a lot of talk tonight about being proactive and about trying to get ahead of things. I think there's little doubt that right now we're in a place of being reactive in terms of getting the stock back to where it needs to be. But we're we still you know we still have an opportunity to to get things into a good place. We still have an opportunity to to bring the stock back within ten years to its target level, and we don't need to have a moratorium. And at that. At, at the same time, it just, again, it's it's the realistic nature of, of looking at the situation and understanding the commission and understanding the kinds of alternatives that are going to gain traction and those that aren't. And I think your point around sowing division in a, in a place where, or in, an, in a situation where we've seen a lot of unity that we don't typically have is a little bit unfortunate. And so it would be good to kind of see these different user groups who are seeing similar things on the water come together and work together to, to bring the stock back because it's clear that everybody is seeing the same thing and wants the same thing out of the fishery moving forward.
0: Very well said, sir. I'll use it. I'll use something. That's not, I'm going to use it in it. I'm going to make a comparison of something that's, it's very similar when you get down to the core of it. Right? So, so many smart people like you know I had, a, I had a i had a guy i consider a friend he's a he's a diehard surf fisherman one of the craziest surf fishermen surf casters I, i've ever met and that's saying a lot and he's just he's a good fisherman he's a fishy dude he made a very reasonable statement said he doesn't use treble hooks anymore on his plugs you know what's something that's super frustrating for us there's no science that says that that's better that doesn't mean it's not better that doesn't mean it's Anyone who fishes sometimes sees the damage from treble hooks and switches them to singles and there's less damage. But there's no science that says that more fish survive if you switch your hooks out. So I'm using that as an example is when people say, you know, no trebles. There's no science that supports it. It's a very hard, there there was science that supported circle hooks. That may be refuted one day. But right now, the science that we have says that they survive better than J-hooks. So that's why we adopted them. There's no science that says anything about trouble hooks. So the point that I'm trying to make is that, you know, saying you want a 10-year moratorium, right? There's no science that supports it. Yeah, that's what you may want in your heart. That's what you may practice on your boat. But it's not, it's not a winnable position and instead of having five people on a call go down those nine options and address them one by one when you say 10 year moratorium do you think that's a winnable vote at the commission and if the answer if that answer is no then the next logical step is recognizing that it's taking away from the real argument and i and i i don't have anything there's i don't have one bit of ill will towards anyone associated with strivers forever. And thank you, at least thank you for being involved and getting on the call. But for people who do this every day, make a living off of it and feed their family and put the roof over their head from it and, and are just immersed in it 24 seven. I'm sorry to tell you, it's not an effective argument and you're not going to get any votes for it. And it takes away from the discussion.
1: So, Tony, another issue that we heard come up again and again, uh, tonight was the issue of license fees. We think a lot of that was based, obviously we had a Massachusetts hearing tonight, right? These were Massachusetts guys presumably talking about the license for saltwater fishing in Massachusetts. A lot of them wanted to see an increase in that number, uh, you know, in, in the fee to, to support enforcement efforts and, and recreational fishing. And just kind of curious, you know, what are your thoughts on that? I, you know, I
0: just don't, I I don't, I don't know. I mean, every, every state has different license fees, different boat registration fees, marine fuel tax, whatever, whatever it is. And, and I don't, I don't know many, many, many fishermen that I fish with that wouldn't do something for more enforcement or, you know, but, but here's the thing, like, we're all not the same. And and you know, what's nothing for some of us is a big deal for others of us. And uh, you know, I, I never want to see fishing turn into an elitist sport because the second that it does that, we're gonna be like, you know, catching minnows, uh, and and taking pictures of them and putting them on social media like they do in Great Britain. And that's a big thing. You know, they catch golden shiners, they call them roach, and that's some kind of that's some kind of awesome fish because it's turned into like an elitist sport. So I mean you we really have to there's other ways. I mean, there's other ways to to pay for enforcement. You know, talk to your talk to your state government. There's general funds. There's things to pay for for more officers and better equipment and things like that. If you if you start, there's a break even point. I, I saw it. Uh, Maryland withdrew a license fee increase. It was minimal. I think it was like ten or fifteen dollars. It wasn't very much. And we saw chart after chart from the economists that the state hired that this is how many anglers you lose when you increase license fees. So the question is how many anglers do we want to lose and and is, is that what's really best for the sport?
1: Yeah, I'm I'm with you Tony. A couple a couple things to add. I think again, right, we're looking at Massachusetts. We're looking at Massachusetts license fees. As we all know, these fish have tails. That's why we manage them through the ASMFC and i think you know this is part of a larger discussion right i think we all can agree that poaching is a problem it's something that needs to be addressed on a coastwide level in different ways and states are probably the most equipped to to do that but that's a, a larger discussion i think the funding needs to be thought about for that but i think as we always talk about striped bass are every man's fish you know that's what makes them so great is how accessible they are to shorebound anglers to folks without a lot of money uh, to be able to catch an incredible fish you know without a whole lot of means and i think the last thing we want to see is have that have that removed and i think we no, really and to and you know willie
0: that. this is this is very similar to the 10-year moratorium right i think it's well-intentioned and people people are struggling to find answers to to problems like poaching and i and i think i i think the i think the answer you know hmm. I think trying to address the issue is admirable. Um, But, you know, kind of like not looking at it, not stepping back and taking a view from 30,000 feet, you know, you run into problems and, um, you know, stripers, stripers are every man's fish. Uh, It it should not be an elite fish. It's, it's the gateway drug for an enormous amount of recreational fishermen on the East coast. And, and, you know, there's enough barriers to entry to fishing as it is. Um, You know, let's not create more. And, and again, people are looking for a solution. So like kudos to you, but you know, you have to understand the process. And, you know, we, we work within the state governments, we work within the federal governments. And let me tell you something, this is the time where you start building relationships with your elected officials and you start talking to them about the needs of the resource and how a healthy resource creates more tourism dollars and a better economy and the hotels are full and the restaurants are full. And, you know, you know, the whole story. And then all of a sudden it matters to them and some money's appropriated for this, because let me tell you something, you know, that's, that's what your tax dollars should be spent for. So really this is just a, this is, you know, you, you took a left turn at Albuquerque, right? it's kind of instead of kind of stay in the course and uh there's just a there's a different way to get it done and so that would be my message you know don't don't put the burden on the people who you know they got a they got a tough time you know they got a they probably got a, a, a pretty rough, tough uh road to, hoe, road to hoe and uh and you know there's no point in putting more burden on them this is not an elite fish this is not a billfish you know, it's not a tarpon, is a striped bass.
1: So Tony, I don't know about you, but I'm, uh, I'm pretty tired. It's been a long night. Um, I think we want to give folks some info who uh, might not have attended tonight's hearing about what kind of what's coming up here. Um, hopefully everyone is aware that we're in the midst of the, the public comment period for the public information document for amendment seven to the striped bass fishery management plan. And we've got four more hearings coming up next week. We've got Maryland on Monday, March 22nd from 6 to 8 p.m. We've got New York the next night from 6 to 8. Connecticut on Wednesday the 24th from 6 to 8. And then last is New Jersey on Thursday the 25th from 6 to 8 p.m. So if you live in any of those states, or you're fishing in any of those states, please take some time to, uh, to attend those and, and make your voice heard. And just a reminder that if you want to learn more about the public information document, ASGA has its Guide to the PID on our website, saltwaterguidesassociation.org. So you can check that out and kind of see a cheat sheet that gives some guidance for public comment there. And you can also submit written comments. Those can be submitted through April 9th. And if you want a chance to get some some great swag and gear uh, by doing that, you can ccstripercomments at gmail.com. That'll enter you enter you into a raffle that's being put on by the Saltwater Edge uh, to help support our efforts it doesn't matter what your comments are you know what they're in support of or against we just want to have people be a part of the process and hope that you know we can help improve turnout by by providing a little extra incentive here so uh, please keep an eye out and uh, do what you can to be involved in the process